Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you again today, and it is so great to be with you. I am, like I said, Scott Furrow. I'm your host and gasoline scalper. I have this idea. You should not do this, but, uh, you know, you could go down to the gas station and probably scalp a few gallons of gas from your own containers for, like, four bucks a pop. You just siphon them. Each day as it gets higher, you know, that's probably a bad idea. Never mind. Maybe there's some kind of law about that. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, anyway, welcome to Southern California Live. We're here from 3 to 5 each and every weekday bringing you to the table and this conversation for some encouragement, some fun, and hopefully we can discuss the issues of the day from a Christian perspective, get a little bit deeper into some of the stuff that's going on in the day and also help you in your Christian walk and in your Christian calling, which is such a uh, such a huge deal. So are you ready? I get ready. I get ready by uh, fueling up my tank uh, every day you should fill up your tank probably, right? It's, cheap. it's more expensive the next day if you wait. Um, and with not having the Russian oil, oil going up to $300 a barrel, what are we going to pay $12 a gallon for gas? Uh, that's going to, you know, I heard somebody ask today, um, how much will, uh, will you have to pay before you decide to take the bus? And uh, most people responded they would sell their house first, but uh, hopefully that's not really true. Hopefully we don't really get to that. That level of things. But you can tell me and you can join our conversation. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And I've got my, my coffee, the brew of the believer, and it's stirring in me to take a look at some things that were going on today. So if you're following the news, and we're going to talk about a variety of different things today, so we'd love to have your, your conversation and your input, 888 888- Five two eight two five five seven. If you're following the news, oh, by the way, you can also email me. If you can't call, maybe you're at work uh, or someplace where you can't do that, you can email SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. You can email your questions or your thoughts there if you'd like. All right, so President Biden today, after a lot of pressure and a lot of discussion over the past few days, has announced no more Russian oil. We will not be importing Russian oil. And... Uh, why don't we play a clip of that? Today, I'm announcing the United States is targeting the main artery of Russia's economy. We're banning all imports of Russian oil and gas and energy. That means Russian oil will no longer be acceptable at U.S. ports, and the American people will deal another powerful blow to Putin's war machine. This is a move that has strong bipartisan support in the Congress and, I believe, in the country. Americans have rallied support, have rallied to support the Ukrainian people and made it clear we will not be part of subsidizing Putin's war. This made, we made this decision in close consultation with our allies and our partners around the world, particularly in Europe, because a united response to Putin's aggression has been my overriding focus to keep all NATO and all of the EU and our allies totally united. All right, that was President Biden today announcing his decision to ban the import of oil and natural gas from Russia. About 10% of what the United States imports in oil and natural gas is from Russia, and that accounts for about 2% of our entire um, oil supply. And uh, something I was glad about, most people uh, are supporting this decision on the left and the right. It's a bipartisan decision. Most people are thinking, yeah, we should be doing that. We should always be doing that. Like we we are always funding these wars, probably from all sides in so many different ways through different channels and trade and so many things. We have been talking about as a country 
oil independence or energy independence for 50 years, going back into the 70s, where there were oil embargoes and shortages and all kinds of problems. You old enough to remember? I'm old enough to remember. Sorry to say, I was a little kid. I'm old enough to remember the gas lines, waiting in line for hours for gas. Do you remember this? And they had these different systems. Like if you've ever thought that the economy is bad now, it just isn't. 1980, 1982, that time frame, it was super bad. And you had to wait in line for gas, and they had these different things going. So gas stations would have a flag, a red, yellow, and red flag that they would hang out in front of the the gas station. If it was a green flag, then you could fill up your tank. If it was a yellow flag, then you were limited to 10 gallons or or something like that. You couldn't fill up your tank. You could only have whatever it was that they were offering uh, per car. And if there was a red flag, they were just closed. They did not have gas. You remember this? Some of you who are older, you might remember this. I remember just I was a little kid in the car, and this is what you paid attention to. And the other thing that was going on was they you couldn't just go get gas. They had what were called even and odd days, and you would take the last number on your license plate. And if it was an even number, you could get gas on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. And if it was an odd number, you could get gas on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I think Sunday alternated or something, or maybe maybe everybody just closed. And that was the routine, and you just waited in line forever. Are we going back to that? I wonder. I wonder if we're going to go back to that. Anyway, uh, most people are saying this is the the right thing to do. And then I looked up, and I wanted to take some time today, and I know we'll probably have some discussion about it, but there's a lot of politics involved with where we're at as far as drilling oil and who's preventing whom from drilling more in the United States or producing more energy and uh, we'll get to that in a second. And and where I'm coming from with this on this program is as believers, and I know a lot of you uh, aren't believers maybe, but uh, and we're really glad that you listen to the show. I know that a pretty large number of you aren't. We do want to have an honest discussion about this. And I think for Christians, especially in a time of politics and war where the truth is just obliterated, that we do our best to try to figure out what the nuances are. Because so often when it comes to politics, both sides have some truth in what they're saying, but also some falsehoods. Sometimes it's just blatant lies. Other times it's like, well, from, as Ben Kenobi would say, a certain point of view, which is basically a lie. But from a certain point of view, what you're saying is true. So I thought I'd look at that a little bit. I looked at Russia. Russia is the world's largest oil exporter. I'm stunned. I had no idea that that's true. How did that happen? <laughs> you know, under our noses, Russia becomes the, the largest oil exporter. Some of the reason why that happened, and maybe we'll get into this another time, is that we have been ignoring the growing evil over there. We got a little pause from the, the collapse of the evil empire, and it was, to where we're at today, which might be exactly the same as where we left off. They are the largest exporter. Something I'm happy about with uh, the Biden administration, too, today is that we didn't wait for Europe to take the lead on banning Russian oil. Um, I do think we should we should ban it uh, for now. Uh, I realize that it does hurt the Russian people ultimately, but this government over there has to go. Putin's got to go. You cannot invade a uh, nation uh, for no reason or for the reasons that he's stating, which are baloney. You can't do that, and you can't be killing the kids and killing the refugees, and just it's just awful. And you know, war is always awful, and it's always full of atrocities, no matter what side you're on or however justified you might think you are. But this is really terrible, and it has to end, and Putin has to be gone. And that is the scary part about a lot of this. Well, the oil is a big part of it. We can't finance it. And there's a whole other question about whether we're still sort of financing it. So are we going to replace the oil by buying it from Venezuela 
who then gives some profits to uh, Russia or buying it from Iran, who's giving uh, profits over to Russia. There's there's a whole lot of other stuff. China, of course, is now going to buy more of it. So Russia, you know, it, it might be altering things, but it may not be changing the calculus of uh, Putin or his ability to have funds as much as we think. But getting back to the issue of energy independence, and uh, the number here is 888-528-2557. I'll get to your calls here in just a moment. There are four countries in the world, four, that are capable of replacing the amount of Russian oil that will be banned by uh, the United States and Western nations, which is about 4.8 million barrels a day. Saudi Arabia and United Arab Emirates can do it. Um, Iran can do it. The United States can do it. And Venezuela can do it. All of us would have to do it together to replace all of the barrels of oil that will be banned from Russia. And that leads us to a question. We can't really control a whole lot of what those other countries do. I think that President Biden maybe has been negotiating with them. And like I said, that's a whole other discussion that you're going to stop buying oil from one dictator and go buy it from another. Uh, And from another who's an ally of the first one who's probably funneling. It's just a mess, isn't it? It's just a mess. So that's, that's what we're facing. Now, a lot of people are saying, a lot of people are saying, a lot of people are saying that in... Uh, that we should be able to just pump that oil. And the Biden administration is saying no one is stopping American companies from drilling more oil. American companies are saying you're stopping us from drilling more oil. Uh, What seems to be true here? Um, What seems to be the case? So here's President Biden responding to that issue today. Play uh, Biden clip number two. Look, let me be clear about uh, two other points. First, It's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. That's simply not true. Even amid the pandemic, companies in the United States pumped more oil during my first year in office than they did during my predecessor's first year. We're approaching a record levels of oil and gas production in the United States, and we're on track to set a record oil production next year. In the United States, 90 percent of onshore oil production takes place on land that isn't owned by the federal government. And of the remaining 10% that occurs on federal land, the oil and gas industry has millions of acres leased. They have 9,000 permits to drill now. They could be drilling right now, yesterday, last week, last year. They have 9,000 to drill onshore that are already approved. So let me be clear. Let me be clear. They are not using them for production now. That's their decision. These are the facts. We should be honest about the facts. All right. That's President Biden defending his administration about whether or not his administration is reducing the amount of oil that United States corporations are able to drill for and able to process. Is that true? Is what the president just said true? Uh, I'm going to go through it a little bit. And the reason I'm doing this is because I think it is a an excellent activity for for us to do because if you turn on uh, Fox News right now, everything the president just said is not true. And if you go over to MSNBC, everything that uh, Fox News just said and everything that the petroleum companies are saying is not true. How do you know? Do you ever do this? Do you ever just switch back and forth uh, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, uh, the different news stations and see sometimes you just you can't even tell they're talking about the same issue. How do you know? I mean, honestly, how do you know what's true on these different things? I think that we should at least take some steps. And this is without being an expert, without being thorough, without publishing a thesis about it. 
How do we know? And I think the reason why I think this is important is not just for you and your knowledge, you know, not just for us and our knowledge, but as believers, we are called in this world to relate to the people that we work with, that we go to school with, that we interact with, our neighbors, those people, as representatives and ambassadors of Christ. And what are you talking about today? You're probably talking about gas prices, and you're talking about oil and the war, and what happens when you are a a CNN person and you are having a discussion with an MSNBC and a Fox News and an NPR and a Newsmax, and you all see the world differently, and every each side is making statements. And where we tend to go right now, isn't it, is that you're an idiot. That's our defense for our position, is the other person must be a moron. What happens if we're a little bit more insightful? I think it benefits our testimony, and I think we need to see it that way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something here in just a minute. I want to get to your calls, though. 888-528-2557 is the number. This is Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, your host today on this fine Tuesday afternoon edition of our program. Tony from Irvine. Tony, you called in right away. Thanks for holding. How are you doing today, Tony? I'm doing well, Scott. How are you? I'm all right. What do you all think right. about all this? I'm actually from, actually from Tustin. I'm coming home from Irvine. I'm on, on the Bluetooth for the car. Oh, okay. So anyway. you're on Irvine. Now you're headed to Tustin. hope it's a good drive. Yes. Um. Since it's not that far, it's like 12 miles from my house to work. I'm going to break out my warm clothes and start riding my bike in the morning. It's all downhill uh-huh. going to work. Then I'll have to take the bus home. It's one bus trip, so it's only like $2 bus ride. And so it's like, that's a huge cut in my gas bill. <laughs> Is that do you, are you in a position where you have to really consider those things taking the bus or taking or riding a bike? I am the only breadwinner at the moment in my family. Yeah, and and I'm hourly. I mean, I get paid well for what I do. I work in a at a high school, in and I'm in. Um, I get a, a decent amount hourly, but I'm still a part. I'm still only work six and a quarter hours a day. Okay. So the gas. Oh, I'm not making a huge amount of money, and bike's free. I've already got the bike. Yeah. <laughs> and the bus is like two dollars for one trip. I can I can even get because it's OC Orange County Transit Authority. I believe right now they have bus passes for forty bucks per month. Wow. Okay. Well, that's something that you're you're looking into, Tony. I appreciate you calling and sharing that. And I think as we talk about gas prices. And uh, what this crisis, I think, is leading to, I think the gas prices are going to go way up. I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that. It'll depend on how much margin really is there and how the market works. But at some point, it's going to drive more people to have to do something else. And and public transportation is going to get more expensive. It uses gas or natural gas, uh, electricity, but somebody's paying for gas. And and the gasoline raises all of our prices. Food, um, everything that we need is going to go up. That is what we are facing for sure with all of this. So, uh, Tony, I wish you the best with that. And, uh, you know, maybe the bicycle will be a, uh, a benefit. We all need a little more exercise, right? So that's probably a good thing. And some of our cities uh, have put in these bike lanes where no one's using them ever. Um, but maybe they'll get some use. Who knows? Uh, Jim from North Hills. Welcome to Southern California Live. How you doing, Jim? How you doing, Scott? I'm doing fine. All right. What's on your mind, Jim? Yeah, I wanted to say you just you were just talking about uh, how do we know which which TV station is telling the truth? Right. Well, I think if we look, if you just 
So if we just opened our eyes and looked around, we'd probably figure out which ones are telling the truth. And every single time we hear Biden say, that's just simply not true, it's always true. <laughs> that is that's kind of his, uh, his response. You know what? I'm going to get into that here in a couple of minutes because I, I took what he said and I did some research. And uh, we'll see what parts of what he said is true and what the other side will say. And uh, we'll take a look at that. I think there's a there's at least a discipline to making sure we get both sides of the story, even if the other side is completely made up. Wouldn't you say? Oh, he's gone. Are you gone? All right, Jim, thanks for calling. Appreciate that. So I'm going to get to that here in just a minute. You can join our conversation. Eight, 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 five, two, eight, two, five, five, seven. Charles from Woodland Hills. Welcome to the program. Hello, can you hear me? Yep. Hi, Charles. Oh, great. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, I wanted to comment on what you were just talking about as far as, you know, the, the two, what to believe and what not to believe. I kind of look at uh, the past, say, 12 months or 24 months of, you know, which side was saying what, and then what was actually the outcome of that, you know, of like, yeah. you know, the, this will offer complete protection, and then it didn't. And, uh, you know, all of those things I kind of take into account. And I kind of look also at uh, biblical, uh, you know, what biblical prophecy or biblical uh, things that that are kind of, you know, we're on the right track as far as that goes. So uh, it, it, it kind of makes sense. You know, there's a, there's a deceiver out there mm. who is a, a, a prime confuser and uh, deceiver and it, very, very hard at work. He's, he's, very, he's very cunning and he's been around a long time. And yeah. uh, I think that's a major, major uh, uh, global outlook of what's going on as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Charles, thank you for that uh, insight. You know what I would say this about Satan, too, is that Satan is nonpartisan. He will try to deceive you on the right or the left whichever way he can, and because that's his goal. His goal is not to leave one side truthful and the other side not. His goal is to divide us. His goal is to frustrate us, but take us away from the truth, or even just distract us from our mission. And that's where I'm headed as we as we talk about this, and we really ask, what is true? And I'll, I just looked up some statistics and everything, so I don't want you to think that I'm some kind of energy es- expert. Um, I, uh, I fill up my tank, That's my, and I know what the gas prices are. Somebody just texted me a picture of the gas station that they're at today, and uh, it is $6, $6 a gallon for uh, regular, and um, 630 and then diesel is 620. We had a funny conversation here in the studio yesterday after the program because somebody here has a car that can use uh, alternative fuel, the ethanol. I forgot that was even a thing. And we said, "Well, how do you know if you can use that? It's 2.99 a gallon. It's corn or something that they put in your tank, right? That's how scientific I am with the gas there. Oh, it's corn or some kind of vegetable. It's corn-based and it's a fuel that we've tried to put out there, but to Anyway, it's two ninety nine a gallon, he was saying. You get less gas mileage, but he still worked it out. He's saving money. And we said, how do you know? He said, well, you, you go out and you look at your gas cap, and it'll say right on it what kind of fuel it can have. And I'm telling you, every person in this building went down to the garage and looked in their gas tank. That's how serious this is. 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. And one of the things we're talking about is, uh, is it true uh, comments that the president made, and uh, he's he is saying that it's not true at all. And we played this clip a minute ago. He's saying that it's not true at all to say that his administration is hindering the production of oil. 
And the people against him are saying, no, that is true. So what is true? I wanted to look it up, and uh, I took a little bit of time. When we get back from the break, I want to give you just some statistics about some of the things he said. Is it true when President Biden says that the oil that we produced this year is the same as the first year of the Trump presidency? Uh, Is that true? And we'll take a look at that. And is it true that the oil companies out there have 9,000 permits that have already been granted to them to drill, and they're not taking advantage of it? Is that true? One of our listeners uh, already in an email is complaining about the oil companies. And are they gouging us? You know, if if you own a gas station right now or you're an oil company, are you going, you know what, these prices are going up. I'm going to increase it just a little bit more. Uh, People do that. They do that in time of war and time of crisis all the time. Um, I think that there's a lot of things piling up. I think that's probably true. So I'm going to take a break here, and then we're going to come back and talk about this. I'd love to get your your input on this, and maybe how do you know what's true? Do you watch multiple stations? I think it's a good discipline to have. Do not be afraid of the other point of view, of the other perspective. One thing it'll do on the positive side, I've noticed, is that when I flip around in the different channels, and I I do a lot of reading, so I actually don't watch a lot of TV, but I'll do a lot of reading, and you kind of know which newspapers and magazines are left-wing and right-wing. You have a pretty good idea about that. Whenever they agree, it's kind of um, a wonderful thing because you're like, well, that's probably true. If the left and the right agree, well, uh, that is very likely to be true or they're all wrong and there's some other information. That happens also. Um, but at least you know what's agreed upon. 888-528-2557. I'll continue this conversation with you in just a few moments here on Southern California Live. I'll be right back. Look, let me be clear about uh, two other points. First, it's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. That's simply not true. Even amid the pandemic, companies in the United States pumped more oil during my first year in office than they did during my predecessor's first year. We're approaching a record levels of oil and gas production in the United States, and we're on track to set a record oil production next year. In the United States, 90% of onshore oil production takes place on land that isn't owned by the federal government. And of the remaining 10% that occurs on federal land, the oil and gas industry has millions of acres leased. They have 9,000 permits to drill now. They could be drilling right now, yesterday, last week, last year. They have 9,000 to drill onshore that are already approved. So let me be clear. Let me be clear. They are not using them for production now. That's their decision. These are the facts. We should be honest about the facts. All right. That's President Biden today and making these claims. So what we're talking about here, welcome back to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow with you today. You can join our conversation at 888-528-2557. He is talking about uh, the accusations that the Biden administration is preventing America from producing more oil and energy. And he's fighting back. He's saying that's not really true. And I thought, you know, it's a good exercise for us to go through and do our best to try to find out what's being said. And and one of the things that you discover is that there is there is nuance and there is political speak that really does come from all sides. And it does come from all sides of news organizations, unfortunately, on the left and the right. Sometimes one side is completely right and the other side is completely wrong. And sometimes somebody's just blatantly lying and sometimes they're wrong. 
Sometimes they're right on accident. Is it true that the Biden administration in the first year uh, is pumping the same amount of oil as the Trump administration in the first year? Actually, that's true, according to the United States Energy Information Administration. It's another administration. There are Every time I look something up, I find a new federal administration. A whole other issue, but unbelievable how many different administrations there are. U.S. Energy Information. This is, this is I guess, a spinoff from the Energy Department that's not doing a good job. U.S. Energy Information Administration. This gives you the data on how they're not doing a good job. Uh, it's true at about the beginning of the Trump administration 2017 timeframe, it was around 9 uh, million barrels of crude oil production in the United States. Uh, at 2020, before the shutdown, that number went up to about 13 Okay, and a very steep increase. It's increased gradually most of the time since uh, this chart I'm looking at only goes to 2013. From 2013 to about 2015, it increased and then it declined until 2017 when uh, President Trump took office. And then a huge decline right after the shutdown, which you can imagine. We, we reduced production because people weren't driving cars. Remember that when the shutdown happened two years ago, and then uh, if you did go out and you're on the freeway and people are driving 150 miles an hour because there's nobody on the freeway, it was an interesting time. And then over the last two years, it has increased slightly. Now, in saying this, I'm talking only about uh, oil production from U.S. companies, private companies. Federal drilling, which happens in Alaska and happens in uh, the offshore off the Gulf of Mexico, that has barely changed at all. Um, over the uh, uh, past several years, from 2013 to today. Um, it's virtually the same, about 2 million barrels of oil. That's hardly changed. So the government is not increasing oil production hardly at all. Um, the president is suggesting that uh, his administration is not hindering the production of oil. According to this uh, bit of data here, it will reach the high of the Trump administration, and he's comparing himself to the Trump administration, so that's why we're doing this. Uh, it will reach that 13 million barrels of crude oil someplace off the chart. Uh, it stopped this chart I'm looking at, and if you go to the U.S. Energy Information Administration, you can find it. Uh, it ends at 2023. There's probably enough chart where you could put a 2024 on there, and then it ends. And that gets it right about there. So that's what they're saying, that production will increase slowly to where it was before. And what the president is saying is that it could be a lot faster if American companies would get their act together and uh, just drill more. He says they have 9,000 permits. We keep hearing this. We've been hearing this from a long time from the White House, that there's 9,000 permits that have already been approved by the government, that they can actually do it. Well, what does the other side say? American Petroleum Institute, okay, probably a lobbying group for uh, big oil, uh, they addressed this guy named Kevin O'Scanlane uh, just a couple of days ago, po posted this in response to this. He says it's true that we have all of those uh, permits, but it's actually very, very difficult. And he says that the Biden administration behind the scenes is making it very, very hard to get through the regulation to even use those permits. Um, and this is what he says. He says the law already requires companies to either produce oil or gas leases or to return the leases to the government. So the so-called use it or lose it provision generally in the first 10 years. And he says when these companies get the lease, it makes a huge financial investment at the beginning because of government regulations 
in the form of non-refundable bonus bid and pays additional rent until and unless it begins producing. So the idea is, is that the reason the companies aren't doing it is because they have to put a whole bunch of money up front in order before they've even drilled, before they even know if it's going to be profitable. Uh, they have to put a whole bunch of money up front, uh, and that's what delays it. If you have a permit uh, to do a building or you know, to start a business, you go get a business permit and you, you're going to build a building and have a company. But if the government decided that you have to give them 10 years of profits in advance or 10 years in rent in advance, and you don't even know if your idea is going to sell, you don't know if anybody's going to buy it, you have no idea, you're willing to risk all of this, but you got to do 10 years in advance, it's going to be hard to do it. You're going to have to be very, very, very certain. And what he's saying is, and there's a whole lot of other things he's saying here, is that it's true that we have those permits. It's also true that the government makes it incredibly difficult to use those permits. See, that's the the nuance that's there. Well, the president's not lying when he says there's these permits, but he's not getting into the the difficulty that is there about using this. So this guy is writing, he's saying it's a red herring, it's a smokescreen, he says, and he gets into the politics of it here, for energy policies that have had a hamstringing effect on, uh, on us uh, for natural gas and oil. Uh, he says it suggests that American producers have been motivated by a desire to manipulate the market Uh, and the current crisis in Europe. And he says it's not true. American oil and gas producers are able and willing to do their part to support American energy leadership, including providing energy that can help our allies abroad. He points out quite a few things. The second claim that the president makes is that, um, or that some people are saying, is that if we had the oil right now, we could help those people in Ukraine. And he says technically there's some truth when, when the president and others say that that's not true, because increasing American oil and gas production will not help Ukraine today. It takes a long time to get that up and running. It's not just as simple as reopening a pipeline or other things. It's not enough. Uh, We can do it, uh, but it's not enough. There's a whole lot of other things here. But you see the difference here is that there is a method to the politics of, of, of truth and manipulating what actually is true. What the president is saying, he can, he can say on the one hand is true with respect to the facts. But on the other hand, it's not true at all because there are other reasons that he's not mentioning that are his administration that is preventing uh, us from uh, doing more uh, with producing enemy, uh, enemy, producing oil so that we don't have to buy it from our enemy. This is something I think that, that matters a lot. And it matters from the standpoint of our, our testimony, as I'm saying, because you might pick a side on this. You might be on Biden's side. You might be on the, you know, the other side. And uh, you might defend that position, or we see this on our news programs. You, you personally may not care one way or the other. You personally are wondering why it's 6 $10 a gallon. Maybe we blame everybody. I think it's going to go up to 9 I think we're going to see in California anyway, $9 a gallon. The rest of the country is freaking out about $4.17 a gallon, which is the average nationally. Uh, and we, we laugh at that. We scoff at this in California. We would love to have $4.17. Uh, the number here in Southern California Live, if you want to join the conversation, is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Robert from Orange, welcome to Southern California hey, Live. Thank you, you for holding. How are you doing, Robert? Pretty good, pretty good. Hey, uh, I love your topic. Um, it's kind of interesting for me because I started touching, getting locally involved with politics. One thing you learn real quick is depends on the situation. And in my opinion, yeah, I don't believe the president because he has a consistency of he pulled the pipeline down. 
what was it, November, October, when you promised to open the surplus that we had to the public, didn't do it, fell through. We never saw the gas prices drop. But then you have to look at the other angle. Well, I think he did it, and they dropped they dropped two pennies, two cents. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. There was a chart that the White House put out where they, they spread out the, the axis really wide, and it looked like this steep drop. But when you looked at it, it's, it was two cents, literally two cents, and it was, uh, it was crazy. Go ahead, Robert. But one of the other things is, too, is unfortunately, as we know, the ones that are pulling the strings when you have these big businesses or corporations, if there's an opportunity to capitalize, to leverage a political move, meaning – you know, and the situation, regardless if it's affecting the country or not, we're just numbers. They'll pull those strings, and, and even though the situation calls for you figure supporting the nation, these companies will turn around and say, no, you know what, we've got to take, take it where we can, hit them where it counts, and at times take a jab at the president, regardless of the situation, regardless of what's being said. So do I believe that these, these companies are withholding the possibility of drilling? Absolutely because it also creates uh, an effect when it comes to the voting periods. Mm. So we're all going to remember this when it comes down to it. Yeah, I think, so Robert... Uh, it's, it's kind of a game. Yeah, Robert, I think it's, you're, you're right about that. And we, we want to thank you for calling, Robert. We want to be careful, I think, about just getting cynical about everything, but we do have to be wise. And what I mean by that is we do have to question things. I think that they're, you're right that the oil companies do have an agenda. They probably are gouging it. I don't think that the gas price in Azusa needs to be $6 a gallon today for regular. I think that's too high. A dollar, like it doesn't need to be that high. There's certainly gas stations. Why is one gas station 50 cents higher than the one across the street? You know, there are all kinds of games being played. And the government, yesterday we played a clip from our our transportation secretary, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, um, just telling everybody what a great opportunity this is for us all to go out and buy electric cars. And the Biden administration uh, doubled down on that today that uh, what you should do is because of these gas prices is just go get a uh, electric car with the average price tag of $56,000. And I think the $56,000 one's the one that you plug in and you go 25 miles and then you got to plug it in again. Uh, it gets very, it's not really that bad, but it's close. I used to have somebody working for me. Her commute, I would say was 10 or 12 miles and uh, she could do it with a couple of errands, but she had to charge it all the time. This was a few years ago when it was kind of new. And it's kind of silly, but the agenda, there is, there is a political agenda to move us towards electric cars faster than maybe is actually possible. And there is, a, I think, a terrible misunderstanding from uh, the ruling elite of what people are actually capable of. Like, do you really, when you say that, do you know that most people cannot afford to go out and buy that electric car right now? They can't. And there's this weird arrogance that acts like, well, everybody can do that. Anyway, um, I'm going to, when we come back from the break here in just a minute, um, I'm going to share with you maybe a, a solution and some thoughts of where I think our country ought to go, um, what we need to do to look forward in the future, and how to get past the, the cynicism in politics that I think you know, are deserved. Uh, the cynicism is for real. And how do we move forward in a direction of vision and a direction that really helps people in the long run here and also around the world? Uh, just some thoughts on that, but I would love to hear what you think we ought to do also. Call me up, 888-528-2557, 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back with you in just a couple of moments. Stay tuned.
Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today, and it's a fine Tuesday afternoon here in Southern California. We've been talking about the gas prices and the Russian oil ban and what that means and the truth about the statements that the president makes about oil production in the United States and whether or not his statements today that we played earlier was true. And how do we do that? And really the point of it is to, as believers, get to a place where we question in a healthy way the stuff that we hear, because we we tend to be following, and I'll say this about myself, I try to avoid this as much as possible, and I think I think we struggle with this in the church, as Americans are doing, is we tend to go with whatever our side has to say, whichever news broadcast we like, whoever our news broadcaster or talk show host is, without challenging that, without really saying, well, is that really true? Or is it sometimes, you know, what you have is a limited amount of time to really get into something, and so you what you're saying might be true, but it's not the whole story. That may not even be the intent. We live in a world where there's not a lot of investigation and time spent researching anymore. And so often what you see are people just repeating something they heard from somebody else who heard it from somebody else who heard it from somebody else. And somebody just assumed that it was true. And so they forward it along. And then you say, did you hear? And then pretty soon it's facts. And then sometimes we say, I did the research. But what we mean by that is, I went on Facebook and my friend says he did the research, so I'm copying his research and saying I did. But it's not research, and it's not really true. We have a calling to be people of truth. Um, We have a calling to be a people that puts off the old life of not being true. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 20, Paul writes, that, however, is not the way of life that you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires. Deceitful, not true. You know, the thing about being deceived, there's a lot in the New Testament about being deceived. And whenever, you know, Jesus is asked about the end times, you know, he doesn't start to go through a theory and pull out a chart of what's going to happen. The first thing he says is, do not be deceived. Watch out that nobody deceives you. And here's the thing about being deceived, my friends. You don't know that you are deceived. You don't believe that you are deceived. That's why you're deceived. That's the nature of being deceived, is you don't think you're deceived. You think that what you think is true. You think that what you're doing is correct. And sometimes you're deceived by a liar somewhere else. Sometimes you're deceived because you uh, are told information that, everybody thinks might be true, but turns out to be false later. And sometimes you're deceived by yourself because you tell yourself something's true and you want to believe something so bad and you only receive information. This is the problem with the news is that when we only watch our side of news or we only read our side of of Twitter or our side of social media or our side of of newspaper magazines, um, we are very likely to be deceived in a bubble. The, and this is kind of the way of the world and something dangerous that has been happening in our country and it's happening in our churches as well is we are moving over the last really 30 years or so. We have been moving into enclaves of people who agree with us on everything. Voting data says that in 1980, the 1980 election, precincts, voter precincts where you go to vote Usually, people were not divided by more than 10 or 15% in each precinct on average, meaning that the vote in that precinct in your neighborhood was 55 to 45, depending on what the issue is, maybe 60, 40. 
All right. Today, that number is increasing to where it's more likely to be 70-30, even 80-20. In some places, it's 90-10. Up in the Bay Area, where they just had all these recalls and stuff, 6% of the vote was Republican. About 26% was independent, everybody else Democrat. And if you go to different enclaves, you'll find the, the reverse in particularly rural areas of uh, California. In, in San Diego, East County is going to be more red than blue, but downtown and the city is going to be more blue than red. And they're getting bluer and they're getting redder. And we're doing this in our churches where we are finding people who believe and act the same way that we do over even minor things that aren't even a big deal. And it's called the Great Sort. This has been expedited, according to Barna. Barna's ministry calls it, uh, you know, the research ministry from George Barna. He calls it the Great Sort, that over the last couple of years, Christians are sorting themselves into smaller enclaves of people who all believe the same things, um, not just biblical positions, but the same things about the country, the same things about the world. And we all end up in these bubbles where we never hear something else. I believe that it's important that we try to get ourselves out of the bubble, that we protect ourselves from the idea that there's falsehood out there, but that in our our new creationness, we realize we have a better purpose. We realize that there is something else. In Ephesians 4, you were taught with regard to the way of your former life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. We are supposed to be different. And then the next verse I think matters greatly. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. This is a big deal. This is a big deal for us. We have to try to be truthful, and it's really hard uh, when we're talking about politics. It's really hard when we're talking about even the things that we've talked about today so much, the gas prices and who's to blame and who's telling the truth, because we also know that there's nuances. We know that somebody, you know, the president can say he's telling the truth because he quoted some facts that are true. And then the other side, the oil industry is saying, well, the facts that he's saying are true, but here's the reason that they're true. And behind the scenes, he is preventing us from increasing our oil production. And by the way, it takes a long time. It's, they, we've made it really hard for business. And both sides are going to say things that are, that are hard. Imagine how this is when it is your neighbor, somebody that you, you work with. Can I remind us all of the call that we have? The call that we have is to be ambassadors of Christ, even in these times of suffering and, and difficulty. Um, there's people out there, and we had one caller in this hour who is already moved to buying a bus pass and riding his bike to work because of the gas prices. That's where he is economically. We had a, same, a caller with the same situation yesterday, and we're going to see that. And here's the thing for you. You might have somebody in your relational world, and can I help you? This is, this is the call that we have to discipleship, the call to be the ambassadors of Christ where we are. We are not called to convince somebody that Biden is right or Biden is wrong. We are called to represent Christ. And in some respect, when it really comes down to it, maybe it doesn't matter that much to that person who is wondering how they're going to feed their kids and wondering how in the world are they going to get to work now that they can't afford to drive there. Because whether Biden's right or wrong, uh, they're in trouble. Whoever is to blame, they're in trouble. 
we're called to love them, to represent Christ to them, and to be truthful as much as we can. And I want to encourage you as you as we go through some stuff, and this is an election year, right? This is going to heat up. 2022 is just getting started. One of my favorite memes that was going around at New Year's was an ocean and a big tidal wave about to cover over a surfer, and it said 2020. And then behind that was a bigger tidal wave, 2021. And behind that was 2022, a much bigger tidal wave with Godzilla coming out the top. And that meme is proving to be true, isn't it? I mean, I hate to say it, but 2022 might make us wish it were 2021. And that might make us wish it were 2020. The world's changing. Our call as believers in Christ is to go through these things knowing that our hope is in Christ, our hope is not in our our side winning, and to give people an alternative for where to put their hope to where to put their trust. And that means we have to be trustworthy. What I hope that I can do today is just help you to try to look at the the news and the events of the day from a biblical perspective. And one of those perspectives is that the work of the devil is to deceive. Uh, The work of the devil here is to um, deceive both the right and the left. You might be very well right in your opinion politically or more right than somebody else on the other side. But do not mistake it. We are in a spiritual battle that is going on that is major in this world, and there is untruth on the left and the right, and we need to rise above that. All right, that's it for my my little sermon about that. I hope that it's helpful. I want our show together to not just speak to the issues, but to really help us to get a little bit deeper than what we see so often. So thank you for listening and calling in. Enjoyed all of your calls. In the next hour, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, what's going on in Ukraine and a poll that came out that asked the question, would you fight for your country like the Ukrainians if we were attacked in the same way? You might be surprised by some of the results in that. I'd love to hear what you think about that. Would you do it? Would you, if we were Ukraine, if somebody invaded us and was bombing us, would you stick around and fight uh, for your country? 888-528-2557. That's our number here in Southern California Live. And also, I want to remind you, if you want the podcast for this hour of the program, you can go to kkla.com if you're listening on KKLA or go to kprz.com if you're listening in San Diego. Get the podcast. Just look for Southern California Live and the program guide. Plus, there are many more opportunities to connect with other listeners, other great programming right here on our station. We're really glad that you're part of our Salem KKLA and KPRZ family. God bless you for being here. I'll be back in just a couple of moments. Stay tuned for Hour 2 of Southern California Live.